Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Six and a half thousand kilometres, New York to San Francisco, across America, alone and on a bike. Our next guest is in the middle of an epic 45-day journey. Cormac Ryan, where are you now? Um, I'm currently in a place called Moab in Utah. Know it well. Oh, it's on everyone's bucket list, Cormac. Yeah, spent all my summers there as a child. I'll, I'll tell you what, lads, put it on the bucket list. It's an amazing place. Really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty spectacular out here. It's, it's, it's an area that no one from Ireland would think to go to in the US, but it's, uh, yeah, it's stunning. Out in the wilderness? Yeah, it's pretty vast out here. Like, like there's been days where I've been on the bike and you could go 200k between villages and there might be no water in between. But like some of the scenery is just, it's its on a different level. Mm. Let's just let everybody know the kind of trip that you're doing right now. So you are cycling roughly 6,000 kilometres in 45 days, San Francisco to New York. How far into it are you right now? So I'm about 2,500 kilometres in. Um, yeah, so about two and a half thousand kilometers in, came across California, Nevada, uh, into Arizona, and now I'm in Utah, and I'm going to go over into Colorado today. And as we ask everybody who uh, undertakes an endurance thing that requires sitting down, how's your butt? Do you know what? It's actually holding up remarkably well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, it's a uh, inordinate amounts of cream. We'll, we'll do we'll do a lot to help it. So thankfully, that's holding up. My lips are in are an absolute disgrace. Oh, really? I, I yeah, I didn't listen to uh, my mother's advice and load up on enough sun cream in the first couple of days. And I don't know who put sun cream on their lips, and I've paid for it badly. So oh, yeah, yeah. You know what, the only time you see that really is cricket players. Do you ever see them when they have the white lips yeah. and they're and you kind of think, what are they? And you realize they're standing in direct sunlight for like eight hours at a time because <laughs> yeah. cricket is so boring. <laughs> so apologies to cricket fans, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see why they would do it. So I mean, like to already have done two and a half thousand kilometers, but have another three and a half thousand to go. I mean, do you feel like this is something you're going to achieve? I'm, I'm I'm confident I'll get it done, but like I'm not going to say it's easy. Like I'm out here on my own. I'm self-supported, which means I have to carry everything I want to bring with me on the bike. I've no support van. Like, and the hardest part of every day is the alarm goes off at whatever five, and you're just there lying, staring at the ceiling, thinking, "Oh God, I have to do another two hundred kilometers today." Those first five ten minutes of every morning are the toughest by a mile. But once you kind of get out and you get into it, and you're seeing all these amazing places and and having kind of interesting interactions with people the day does kind of go and then at the end of every day it's a really nice feeling when you eventually get to where you need to go and you're like okay that's another one done Mm. but uh, yeah it's not easy but you mentioned self-supporting and that means carrying as you said food drink clothes i presume some kind of a tent unless you're sleeping in a hotel everywhere you go um and then you must be self-financing as well so this is like there's a lot involved and a lot of pressure on you yeah, like, now, I'm not going to play the martyr. This is something I've always very much wanted to do. Like, my background was GEA, but I, I kind of have a real sort of sense of adventure. And last summer, me and two of my mates cycled across Europe, and I decided to take on America this summer. Like, so it, it's, I can't play the martyr here and say it's it's something that I'm suffering with every mm. day because I, I still fundamentally want to do it. And this is, yeah, I probably should be saving for a mortgage and a house, but um, it doesn't quite align with what I want to do with my life at the moment so I'm kind of yeah the, the savings are taking a monumental hit but so far so good 
Yeah, well, look, that's the, the what and the where. Let's look at the why of it. And you're doing this because there's a cause that's quite close to you following your own health issues and an eating disorder that uh, you struggled with and have to keep on top of. Could you let people know a little bit about your backstory? Yeah, so um, basically I, I developed an eating disorder gradually over a number of years. I actually got a pacemaker when I was 18. I was still hurling with Dublin and... Um, I, I developed this cardiac condition and a pacemaker went in and I was kind of out of sport and activity for about a year and my mood probably dropped and I kind of un, unknowingly put on a bit of weight. And then I suppose over the following year or two when I tried to get back active, I suppose my attention was kind of brought to it. Not through anything major, but just through the typical kind of lads' comments that you'd hear about, oh, you've put on a bit of timber, someone's wintered well, this sort of stuff. And I suppose I, I took it to heart and then gradually just kind of started restricting what I was eating. And over a period of six, seven, eight years, it just got worse and worse. And it kind of came to a head last summer where by this stage I wasn't, I was eating maybe one meal a day, if even, and it was pretty much turkey burgers and broccoli over and over again. And I'd start panicking if I ate anything else. And then I started having panic attacks, not getting to work, started thinking about making myself get sick. And it was just complete chaos. My mind was just consumed by it every day. So uh, yeah, I actually... I went into treatment for eight weeks um, last summer and I suppose it's not really something you hear men talk about food and body image and it's it's not, I didn't realise that men could get eating disorders. I just thought I was going crazy so I never told anyone. Um, and I suppose my experience in treatment and trying to come out the other side of it kind of, I suppose I just kind of wanted to try help break a bit of that stigma and bring a bit more awareness to the top. At what point did you realise, okay, hang on, this is more than me just, you know, getting in shape. This is something a little bit more sinister. Probably about two, three years ago, which was probably about two years before I actually saw help. I knew it wasn't normal. And I knew my behaviour around food and the amount of time I'd spend staring at myself and the amount of times I'd nearly leave bruises on my hip because I'd, I'd be picking at the flesh. About two or three years ago, I knew what I was doing wasn't normal, but I didn't think it was an eat disorder and I didn't think I could say anything because I was like, they'll think I'm going crazy if I say this out loud. So I probably, yeah, I probably didn't seek help for about two or three years, even though I knew it wasn't right. And, and when you did seek help, Cormac, what, how did that manifest itself? What did you need to do? I, I wish I could say I kind of held my hand up and was like, oh, everyone, there's something wrong here. I need to be brave here. But like, I wasn't functioning anymore. I was having so many panic attacks. I wasn't going into work. So my boss eventually kind of, pushed me and she figured something wasn't right I don't think she was expecting what I told her but she kind of pushed me into a corner and I kind of was forced to tell her and she said right well you're not coming back in you need to get this sorted so she encouraged me to tell my parents and went to the GP and me and the GP had a chat and we figured out where to go now ultimately public treatment isn't really an option with the way the services are at the moment if you're if you're in the state that I was in because um you'll, you'll just be waiting so I actually mm. had to go down the private route so uh Thankfully, my parents were in, a, were in a position to help me out with that. So I, I went into a clinic in, in Sutton called Lois Bridges for eight weeks last summer. Mm. Was it a big relief to you once you were able to offload this and, and go down the road of getting help? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I'm very open in saying that the isolation that I had for those two, three years where I thought I was losing my mind, um, that was nearly worse than the distress from the eating disorder itself because... It was such a lonely place to be, to wake up every day and just be obsessively thinking about food and what you look like and panicking and taking off your top real quick and looking in the mirror just to stop an anxiety attack to reassure yourself that you're okay. Like it was just draining and soul destroying. That was only a year ago. 
And you're now, you talk about isolation, I mean, you're now cycling alone uh, for 6,000 kilometres. Um, you know, obviously you're, you must be burning thousands of calories a day. So, you know, re-energising yourself and refueling in terms of food and, and hydration is, is massively important. How are you handling all of that? Yeah, like that's undoubtedly the toughest part of what I'm doing is, is eating enough. Um, it's when you're in treatment for an eating disorder a year ago, it's very hard to then all of a sudden need six, seven thousand calories a day and have to get them into you. But I'm coping quite well. Did a lot of kind of prep, I suppose, with my psychologist beforehand. And do you know what? I've kind of come, some, I, I said in treatment, it was like a switch kind of went off in my head. Um, I, I, you very quickly realize when you're out here that if I want to get to New York and getting to New York means a lot more to me than being super thin. So if I want to get to New York, I have to feel my body. There's a statistic that one in 10 people contacting BodyWise, the charity that you're cycling for, the people contacting them for help is a man. So that's one in 10. Would you say that that's in your own experience because men have less eating disorders are that maybe they're more reluctant to reach out for help. If you speak to BodyWise, they'll tell you that their belief is that even though it's one in ten contacting them, they believe the number out there is is a lot higher than one in ten. Um, and one hundred percent, that's why like men men don't tend to come forward with this because they're convinced that men don't get eating disorders and that it can't happen to them. And, well, what you're doing is obviously to raise awareness of of BodyWise, the charity, and and the fact that there are eating disorders that are affecting people. Maybe they don't even know, as you said, that they have an eating disorder. But you're also trying to raise some money as well. You have an I donate page. Yeah, um, we have an I donate page. So the best way to do it is if you just go to Google and just type in I donate and then my name Cormac Ryan, mm-hmm. um, it'll pop up first, and that's probably the best way to get us. What stage are you? At? Have you taken a break from a cycle to talk to us? Are you about to embark on another day of grueling uh, bear avoidance? Because I, I believe you you are cycling into territories which may be famous for brown bears. Not not so much grizzlies, but there are black bears around here, and there are uh, there are mountain lions. So um, I need to kind of be wary of them. Hopefully, I won't have any any interactions. But yeah, it's it's about half five in the morning here, so I'm right. getting ready to start out on, on another day. I'd be interested to look at your pacemaker readings uh, if if a mountain lion and a bear <laughs> jump out in front of you. Cormac, listen, what you're doing is an incredible feat for anybody, but particularly somebody who's gone through what you've gone through. And as you said, only a year ago you were in therapy. Uh, to have cycled across Europe and now be going across America is phenomenal. Congratulations on getting so far uh, and another 3,500 K to go. So you'll do it in your sleep. Not a bother. Cheers, lads. Very much appreciate it. And Cormac, where can we follow you? Are you updating any of your social media or anything like that as you go? Yeah, I'm absolutely plaguing people on Instagram. So uh, just Cor- my, Cormac Ryan, um, you'll find me. Cormac Ryan. Okay, we'll search you up and have a look. Fair play. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Cormac. Thanks, Cormac. Bye. Safe on the road. Bye. There you go. Cormac cycling across America. Another, just another three and a half thousand kilometres to go. Amazing. I donate.ie forward slash project educate is the place to go for more info. And uh, Cormac wanted to thank HUHR. Huh? How's your head? Clothing, an Irish mental health brand oh, based yeah, in Ashbourne for their support. So, um, yeah. And, uh, 
idonate.ie project educate and if you're affected by anything we talked about today uh, you can uh, find the bodywise charities that's b o d y w h y s that's bodywise.ie uh, is the place to go if you want uh, some information on that Breed says well I love this guy's pure honesty about his eating disorder good for him for taking ownership of it and absolutely wish him the best on his journey through the US good man proud of you for seeking help and telling your story says another text and someone else Orlin Westmead says I follow Cormac on TikTok he's a great lad a true inspiration highlighting the eating disorders in men which is not talked about enough and thought of as a female thing he is brilliant yep absolutely Cormac Ryan there and as he said you can find him on Instagram at Cormac Ryan and uh, Dermot mentioned the I Donate there Project Educate search it up and if you have a few quid give it to him he's doing an amazing job Dermot and Dave weekdays from 9am today